trust your word. I trust your word and I choose to magnify you. So let us keep praying. Let us lift up our voices and let's just pray and say, Father, I magnify you and I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name, Abba. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you all the thanks, Lord. You are worthy of my praise. You are worthy. You are worthy, oh God. I give you praise. I give you glory. You are worthy of my praise. I exalt your holy name. I say thank you, Abba. I will magnify you, Lord. I will bless your name, Father. Your praise will continually be in my mouth, Lord. I choose to bless your name, Father, at all times, Father, at every season of my life. I choose to bless your Father. You are good to me, Lord. You are good to all of us, Lord. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. My soul shall make her boast in you, God. Father, 
praise be unto you as an incense, O Lord. Let our praises arise unto you from earth, Father, as an incense, Father, that will be pleasing unto you, Father. Padre, la barouche que Marie, la labre, la barouche que Baba, 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 Inhabit the praises of your people. Inhabit, O oh Lord. Inhabit the praises of your people, Father. Bless you with my body. I will bless you with my spirit, Father. I will bless you with my soul, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May I not be overwhelmed, Lord, in this in this time? Because there's something overwhelmed us to you. It makes you feel small. Um, and it makes you it just um it's like it's magnifying the situation, you know, or overemphasizing the weight of certain things that shouldn't be. Um, and many times when we get overwhelmed, there's a tendency for us to just abandon sheep. You know, there's a tendency for us to get tired and just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to take a break. There's a difference between taking a break in excitement and taking a break in overwhelm. If you're working on a particular project and, you know, you're hitting, um, you're you are, you are making progress, um, at the time when you're taking a break, it's just for you to, you know, just like um, um, allow yourself, go on in, just rest for a bit, recess so that you can, um, be recharged to keep going. And so the, the, the journey, you anticipate the rest of the journey because there is hope, there is, excite, there is excitement. I try not to reduce the things of God to a feeling of excitement, you know, um, just because of how we have come to understand the word excitement. Excitement can be very fleeting, but when there is hope to keep going, when there is hope, when there is a picture that is painted, um, when there is um, clarity, um, we are more encouraged, right? So it's more of encouragement than excitement because the encouragement is more, um, I say, is more sustainable than ex excitement just seems very temporary, you know, but when we are overwhelmed, it's hard to see, it's hard to weigh things, it's hard to understand, it's hard to evaluate. All we see is whatever the situation is, all we see is, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that may be trigger, triggering um, the feeling of being overwhelmed. And it's easy to just lose sight of everything and just throw your hands, uh, hands in the air and say, you know what, I can't, I can't keep going. I can't do this anymore. And so I'd like us to just even continue praying and say, Lord, um, may I not be overwhelmed, Lord, by anything um, let me not be overwhelmed with my emotions. Let me not be overwhelmed with my thoughts. Let me not be overwhelmed by anything else, oh God. 
let it be your spirit that has the room and power, Lord, to move in such a way to take over my thoughts, to take over my emotions, to take over everything that concerns me, Lord. Let me not um, give room to anything else to be magnified in such a way in my life, Lord, that I can't even see the way you want me to see or hear the way you want me to hear or understand that the way you want me to understand, Lord, let nothing else take the place of God in my life. Let nothing else take the place for your Holy Spirit in my life in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we even just pray against the the the, the lack of sight, Lord, Father, because mm. it is in our inability to see that we allow certain things take place, take um take 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 a place or a form in our lives that they haven't earned. Is when we can't weigh things, when we can't evaluate, when we can't understand, when we can't comprehend, Lord. And even as you take us on this journey of repentance, Lord, Father, even it could be beyond the 14 days of this prayer in Lord. But as you take us on this journey, help us to see the big picture. Help us to see where you are taking us to, oh God. Or Father, if if we can't if, if we're not seeing the big picture because our minds can't comprehend it, Lord, give us a hope, Lord. Father, as we stay in you, Lord. Let hope be restored in our lives, O oh God. Let us be encouraged, O oh God. When we see your word, Lord, let us be encouraged. Give us, encourage us, O oh God. Send us a word to encourage us, Lord. Give us, um, um, give us a, a, a confirmation, O oh God, that you hear us, my God. Yes, this is Lord. our desire, Lord, because we are not yes, chasing Lord. shadows and we are not chasing things that don't exist. Father, we are seeking you with our hearts, O oh God. We are seeking you and we hope that even how we seek you, Lord, is with diligence that is pleasing to you. And so, Father, we ask, O oh God, that you will replace, O oh God, the things that have taken up space and taken up um, importance and relevance in our lives that shouldn't, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord, that we would see the things that are working against us or the things that may be like a stumbling block and will prevent us, oh God, from even going further. Father, the things that are even present in our lives that may even be taking unnecessary energy emotion, oh God, yes, reducing Lord. us in capacity, oh God, causing us mm. to be incoherent, oh God, causing us to be um, short-sighted, oh God, causing us to stay stagnant and not be able to go on this journey fully with you. My Father, my Lord, we lift up our voices this morning and yes, we say, Lord. Father, help us, oh God. Oh, Give us the, we receive your grace and we receive your help, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray against Lord, that spirit of that that weakness oh god that causes anything to just come in and invade our lives lord and cause us to be overwhelmed we receive your strength oh god this morning we receive your grace this morning in the name of jesus let us pray let us pray let us pray Father, when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to the rock Father, 
in Jesus' name. Verse 5 says, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never blush in shame or confusion. There's something about um, looking to God, and repentance is really, we are repenting unto him. You know, we are looking to him. And when we look to him, we become, it's like that scripture that says God is the father of lights. You know, it's like we now begin to operate in that uh, capacity and that authority as daughters and sons of light. When we look to him, when we acknowledge him, our the Bible says their faces will never blush in shame or confusion. The reason why... Um, 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 repentance is not even some people will find it hard to repent the way the Bible explains it is because they are confused you know um, there is shame and there is confusion for this morning we're praying and we're saying father as we're looking to you as we're coming um, to seek you Lord we thank you because we know that our, our, our paths will be lit up we know that we will receive lights we ourselves will become radiant we ourselves will become light. Father, we ourselves will, will, will not um, be victims of shame because we are looking to you. Father, we will not be victims of shame or confusion. And we even just begin to lift up our voices and pray against the spirit of shame and of confusion. And the same Lord, if there is any way that our ignorance is dwelling these things and causing them to have a place in our lives, Lord, we are looking to you, Lord, to not just to receive light, but to become light so that darkness, um, shame, and confusion will be dispelled from Amen. our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I look to you, Lord. I lift up my eyes to look at your face, Father. Father, I will not be ashamed and I will not be confounded, Father. When I look at you, Father, that you are the Father of lights, Father, I look unto you and I become light, Father, by beholding you, Father, in your glory, Father, in your majesty, Lord. I become light, Father, by looking at you, Lord. Father, let that light, Father, light in every dark part in me, Father. Let it a light dispel every darkness in me, O God. Father, those who put trust in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we just say thank you and we bless your name. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise, Father. Thank you, Lord, because when we receive your word, Lord, 
we don't just receive clarity, we become clarity. Father, we don't just receive light, we become light. Father, we don't just receive boldness, we become boldness, Lord. We become the, 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 the qualities and the attributes, Lord. Uh, it becomes ingrained in our characters, just, just like you, oh God. We become, we become because it is you that we are seeking. And so, Father, we thank you because um, as we go further, Lord, and your word comes to us, Lord, um, we will not just receive the light, but we will even um, become light for others, Lord, and we would radiate and we would show forth the light and the truth of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, as you bring us through this, this walk that is a deliverance, oh God, that you are constantly walking in us, we thank you, Lord, because this is a path that would lead so many others to salvation, to deliverance, oh God, to encountering your word, Lord, and to being restored, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we just say thank you, oh God. We will not forget the words that we have prayed this morning. We will not forget to magnify you, O oh God. We will not forget to give you praise. And we will not forget what your word says, O oh God, that, they, that when we seek you, O oh God, we will be enlightened and we will become light. And we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your hearts towards us. Thank you for your salvation. And thank you, thank you for your restoration that we constantly experience when we come before you. We give you praise, Abba. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, um, I would just like to welcome Pastor Moses. Um, well, I don't know if you can hear me. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Pastor Moses. Thank you for uh, making time to join us this morning. Um, so over to you, sir. Okay. Um, what a great opportunity we have to just come together and gather under the banner of Christ, just to hear from him and just to wait on him, just to stay with him and just to be with him. So just want to bless every one of you who is connecting this morning, that the life of the person who waits is always made different. One of the things God wants us to do is to, is to sit is to sit with him first of all before we run before we fly before we take on the world god wants us to sit as explained yesterday um god made man in six days on the sixth day and then rested on the seventh day so the first day of man is rest so God's seventh day of creation's rest. Man's first day of existence is rest. So once God made man on the sixth day, on the seventh day was a day of God's rest. It was also the day of man's rest. So if man is resting, who is working? Actually, God is working in man. So the first thing we do is to rest in God. God never wants people who work for him. God doesn't want workers or staff. One of the messages that's been going around is that God wants sons. Sons are those who understand the father's business. Sons are those who have made peace with the father. The Bible says, kiss the son, lest he be angry 
and you perish in the way. That means love the Son, love the Father. Read Ephesians 2 verse 4. He says, you who were dead in trespasses and sins has he quickened and caused you to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. We've been made alive. We've been renewed. We've been stirred up in the spirit. We've been raised by the power of God. And now we're new people. You're a new man. You're a new woman. You have a renewed mind because you were made alive. The quickening work of God is the work that makes us to sit together with Christ. And God had to say to Christ, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. God is the one who battles our enemies. And the first thing he wants us to do is to sit with him and understand him and know him. The first thing God wants you to do is not to walk or run or stand against the enemy. The first thing God wants you to do is to sit. In that place of sitting is the place of understanding, is the place of revelation, is the place of life, is the place of grace and glory and power. We don't get any of these things by running. We get them by sitting. So many of us, we are running so fast and God wants us to sit. God wants us to immerse. God wants us to fellowship. And sometimes we actually run out of steam because we're running by our own energy. We're running by our own power, trying so hard to be something, to go somewhere and to create something and to build something. But the first thing God wants you to do is sit. Every day you wake up, sit. Every time you come back at night, sit. Every time you catch yourself in the middle of the day, sit and God will walk with your mind. So I want us to start this morning by going to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, the message version. Um, and I want you to take this in very, very deeply. Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly responding to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best 
out of you, develop well-formed maturity in you. What is the culture around us that is so immature? And the Bible is talking about it, verse 2. What is this culture that is so ungrounded, that is so basic, that is so infant in nature that the Bible is talking about? I explain. Everybody in the workplace is fighting for themselves. I don't know what organization you may work in. From the CEO to the last man, everybody is fighting for themselves. You will hardly find an organization where it's not about rank. You reduced me because you wrote this letter above me. You hardly find an organization where it's not about privileges. Oh, I am the CEO, so I should have the corner office. So I am the boss, so I should speak first. My word is the last word because I'm the leader. Now, that is immature. That's exactly the quality of a two-year-old. So the culture around us is immature. It's always dragging every believer who yields to it down to his level of immaturity. So you know how as, as someone who is young, people drive you mad. You get so angry about everything. But when you're older, I've seen old people, most old people don't get so angry. They actually learn to let things go. <laughs> what is that? That's maturity. Well, I'm not assuming that every old person is mature, but many people, after you've advanced in years and seen it over and over that your anger doesn't work anything, you begin to let go of anger. Maturity begins to happen to you. The culture around us is immature. The culture around us, the culture of pleasure above responsibility. People think God is dead and they replace God with lifestyle. If your life can be more cool, if your life can be more easy, if you can watch more movies, if you can have more knowledge, it's immature culture. It's not the culture of being first before showing. It's the culture of showing first before being. You are not yet, but you want to show. You don't have yet, but you want to be big. Now, maturity is the same as old money. Have you ever seen those families whose parents invested in the 20s and who have true wealth? The ostentation means nothing to them. Showiness doesn't mean anything to them. Have you seen the richest people in the world? Somehow, many of them, if you see them, it's t-shirts and jeans. After a while, it's not about the brand they wear anymore because their name is the new brand. The clothes don't make them. A level of maturity enters in when you've done wealth for a long time. The culture around us is immature. Then God says, here is what I want you to do. Take your everyday life, your eating, sleeping, going to work life, and place it before me as an offering. And I just, that's what I just want us to pray this morning. God, I take my everyday life. 
and I place it before you as an offering. Repentance is not something we do one day and then that's it. I know we give our lives to Christ, but there is actually there's something that's called renewing your mind. Renewing your mind is actually what guarantees that you are following Christ. After you're giving your life to Christ, the mark of following him is that you make your mind new through the word of God. Don't forget, you are spirit, soul, and body. Really, you are a spirit. Your human spirit becomes renewed when you give your life to Christ. Small s. Your human spirit becomes renewed when you give your life to Christ. But then your soul is actually the place of transactions. Your soul contains your will, your emotions, your intellect, your will, what you want to do or not do, what you like to do or not do. Your will contains your preference. Your emotions contains your fears, your jealousy, your anger, your rage. Then your intellect contains all your knowledge, what you've been taught, the ideas, the hypotheses, the theories that you learned, your professional skills, it's all contained in your intellect. So your soul is the harbinger of your will, your emotions, and your intellect. That part is neutral. Then you have your body, which is your flesh. Your flesh just wants to get laid, just want to have sex, just want to make as much money as possible, just wants to talk to people as they like. Your flesh just wants to be angry at any moment. Your flesh just wants to just chill out. If you allow your flesh, you may not even go to work. So there's a war between your flesh and your spirit, your human spirit, which is born again. So Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the things I want to do, I have no grace to do. I seem to always fall into the things I don't want to do. He was talking about the war between his human spirit and his flesh. This war is fought in the soul, is fought in the intellect, is fought in the will, is fought in the emotions. And these three parts of the soul have everyday life. So the Bible says, know ye not that to whom you yield your servants to obey, his servants you are. Do you understand? Let me find the scripture. To whom you yield yourself, servants obey, his servants you are. I get the scripture now. It's in Romans 6, verse 16. Romans 6, 16. Let's go there. Thank you, Jesus. Do you not know that when you offer yourselves as to whom that when you offer yourselves as obedience slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. New Living Translation, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. This is actually after giving your life to Christ. There is a daily walk of walking with God. It is actually the walk of obedience. If you give your life to Christ and make a decision one day in church, 
but straightway goes to start obeying what your flesh wants. And you keep on obeying what your flesh wants. And your spirit, which is your small as this is not the Holy Spirit of God, this is your human spirit, which is the part that is born again. You keep on denying the work of the Holy Spirit in your human spirit. And you don't allow your spirit to discipline your soul. Because when you begin to populate your soul with prayer, when you begin to populate your soul with the word of God, when you begin to populate your, your soul with spiritual activity, when you begin to populate your soul with, with, a, with a thirsting for God, when you begin to draw your soul, your body gets dragged along. Your body is truly never born again. That's why you can see a believer fall into perversion. That's why you can see a believer tempted by, by, by fraud. That's why you can see a believer tempted by sensuality and lying. Because there is a flesh part of the believer that stays with him every day is born again. The flesh is never dead. If you permit the flesh, you'll fall right away. But by the spirit, you discipline your soul. From the spirit, you carry your soul along. Your soul is dragged along by what you populate. So every day when you take the word of God and wash your soul with the word of God, that is called renewing the mind. It is actually the process of comparing your mind to the word of God. It's the process by which you take the word of God and fill your soul. That's why you read the word. When you read the word, what happens to your soul is your soul is processed the daily transactions of your life with the word of God and that's what makes you really a believer it's not just that one time caution you made a long time ago and I know many people teach this that oh if you give in your life to it is not the end it is the working out your salvation with fear and trembling that the Bible mentions and this is it that God's life is worked out as we yield ourselves to him. When you come to God, the best prayer you can make is, God, here I am before you. I open my mouth and I yield myself. I want your word to work in me. I want your spirit to eviscerate me. I want you to x-ray me. And the psalmist had this. David knew this very much. David did many things that were dastardly. I'm sure we only know about Uriah. David was not such a great man in the natural, but there was only one thing about him that pleased God. Every time he failed God. Let me talk about one thing David did. David was a man who always was in war before he became king. He had 400 bandits that went around with him and they just raided places. They just fought wars for people. And because of that, David was used to counting his men. He started with 300 men. By the time they got to the cave of Adullam, there were now 400 men. By the time he got to the kingship, there were now 600 men. This is bandit. This is radical army. We're not a, they were just people who used to go and buy fight. So if a farmer was farming and another nation came to attack the farm, David's men will go and fight. And that's how they got money. They were bandits, more or less. So when David became a king, it was very important for him to know how many men he had. So God told David, don't count your men. Count on me. I made you king. But David went ahead to count the army. He wanted to do a census. He wanted to know 
how much money, how many capacity, yeah, how, how many war he could take on. He wants to build a name for himself. And God was telling David, depend on me, depend on me. And if it was us, how many of you will not want to know how many people you have in your army? How many of you will not want to know? So David, these are the kind of things that worry us when God gives us an instruction that is against the normalcy of our instruction. David had that problem. And when he counted the sheep, God now started striking the army dead. Because I'm moving to the strong men. And in one night, I think it's 78, it's 128 or 78 people that died. That night, one angel of death. And David was so scared. He ran looking for the presence of God and found the presence of God in the threshing floor of Arauna, a guy called Arauna. And David fell on his face there. And there he took a, a sacrifice and offered it to God. He, the Bible said he saw an angel whose head entered into the skies with a sword the size of many, many story buildings. The angel was massive and mighty. That angel was moving through the land. David offered an offering there and said, stop, take me on. And God now offered David a deal and said to him, I will punish you for this. Now, do you want the army of that other country to run against you? Do you want me to hand you to the other king? Or do you want me to deal with you by myself? And David made a pledge to God there that actually softened God's heart. God's, David said, God, don't hand me over to man. You deal with me. Because I know you are more merciful than man. That's so powerful. This is some of the things that actually made God to say, David is a man out of my heart. A man who was so mistaken, a man who was so disoriented, a man who was doing the wrong thing, and God catches you in your doing the wrong thing. And what you say is that, God, you are more righteous than me. I wish that we can all submit ourselves this morning one more time the washing of God. I don't know if you're a pastor. I don't know what level of spirituality you have. I don't know how glorious in the spirit you are. But one more time, I want you to pray this morning. I say, Lord, I take my everyday, ordinary life and I place it before you as an offering. I take this day and I give it to you as a tithe. I take this day and I want you to walk in my spirit. Let's pray together one more time. If you can unmute your mic, let's do it together. Father, here is my life. Here is my daily, ordinary, going to work, sleeping, eating, hanging around life. I give it to you as an offering. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Subject unto you. 
Yes, Lord. I am subject unto you. I am subject unto you. Lord. I am subject to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I am subject to the Lordship of the Word. I am subject to the Lordship of the Holy Ghost. I am subject unto you, Lord. My soul is subject unto you, Lord. My soul is subject unto you, God. You are the Lord of my life. You are the master of my life. You are the owner of my soul. All that I am, O God, belongs to you. All that I am, O God, belongs to you. I lay it down before you, O God. I lay it down before you, O God. I acknowledge your lordship. I acknowledge your rights, O God, over me. I Oh Lord, we are your sheep, O oh God, the voice of a stranger who would not follow. Oh God. Our hearts are circumcised unto you, O God. Circumcised hearts, O God. Circumcised hearts, O God. Oh, this concession of the Spirit of God. Amen. Father, we thank you that our spirit man is being renewed. Father, we thank you that our heart and our soul are being made fresh in your presence. Father, we thank you. Hear what we do today. We take our everyday ordinary life, eating, going to work, sleeping, waking up moments, and place it before you as an offering. We place our daily life before you as a perfect offering, oh God. Yes, the offering of a renewed mind. We take our intellect, the things that we know, and we submit them to you. We take our emotions and the way we feel, the way our heart burns, our anger, our joy, our rising up moment and our 
falling down moment, our emotional depression, our high moments, our anger, jealousy, we place it before you as an offering. We take our will, what we would rather do, what we like to do, what we prefer to do, and we place it before you as an offering that you circumscribe our will our intellect our emotions by Amen. your word Lead by your word oh god Amen. and place us in the place where your glory is manifest so god develop well-formed maturity inside Amen. of us I will readily recognize your will and respond Amen. to this this is our Amen. heart desire Thank you, O oh Lord our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Over to you to Stephanie. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Bimo. God bless you. Um, thank you for everything you shared with us. And it really resonates. You know, um, it confirms even some of the, the things that um when my heart this morning when we were reading the psalm and um just knowing that when we give our lives to Christ, um, the repentance is not a one day's journey. You know, we, are, we, are, we, 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 we just are walking towards him and in different times and in different seasons, it could look like different things, but because he's the one that we trust and the one that we look to, we must always stay waiting on him to know what he requires of us. There are times when he just wants us to sit. There are times when he says, okay, go. There are times when he says, just stay at the place of, um, of asking, just sit with my word, you know, and um, that was such a, a, a message that has blessed me this morning. And I pray that for everyone that has listened, um, the words will become, the word of God will become alive in your heart. Um, you will not forget. It is a prayer I make all the time. I always say, God, may I never forget the victories that I have won. May I never forget the mysteries that have been unlocked in the place of prayer and in studying your word. Lord, may I never forget because when I forget, um, I'm turning my face away and it's like I'm going back to the place that I have journeyed from. And so, Father, I pray over everyone on this call this morning. May, not, may none of us forget, may none of us forget the truths and the, the, the teachings and the, and the mysteries that you have unlocked and the, the, the things that we have seen. May our hands touch it. May our hands handle it and may it bear fruit in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much, Pimo. Thank you, everybody, Thank you. for, for you, um, joining us this morning. God bless you and have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you, Pimo.